Okay, you guys, here we go. She Runs Ultras, episode number 103. Now, this past weekend, I spent some time at Ghost Train. And for those of you guys that have been listening to the show for a while, you'll recognize this as the race where I did my actually first and second 100 milers. It's a local race and quite a popular one at that with over a few hundred people going for various distances, anything from um, 30 miles, like a a 50K, or all the way up to and even over 100 miles. It's a 30-hour race, and you're welcome to do as many laps as you can in those 30 hours. So I know people who have done actually more than 100 miles at that race. But I went to support two friends of mine, both of whom you guys know. They have both been on the podcast. First was my pacer, Frank, and second was Sarah from episode 91, the Run My First 50K episode. And if you listen to that one, you will remember that she was the one who ran the looped race and not only did her first 50K at that race, but went on and did her first 50 miler too. So both of them were going for 100 miles, and I went to cheer them on and show my support and even lend a hand in crewing if needed. And in doing so, well, it reminded me of how much I love that race, but also of one of my favorite aspects about running ultras. Now, before I tell you what that favorite aspect is, I want to just tell you that I didn't always love this part about ultras. But over the years, I have grown to love it. And that thing is that when it comes to ultras, and specifically your ultra race, nothing is guaranteed. There are so many factors that go into completing an ultra, most of which we talk about here on the show you know, your training plan, your sleep, your nutrition, your mobility, your strength, your scheduling, all the things. And despite all the planning you do, how much you train and how much you practice for race day, the simple fact remains that you cannot control everything. And when I first got into ultras, this was horrifying to me. (laughs) Like I want uh, uh, an outcome. I want to know, I want to control everything really. I'm type A. So if you're type A, this probably resonates with you. Like I want to know what we're doing at what time, how long it's going to take. I need the schedule. I need the outline. I need to know all the things. And so going into ultras, I thought, Oh yeah, like being type A and and wanting to plan and know everything is actually going to help me. And to a certain extent it does. However, there is also a certain amount of ultra running that you just have to roll the dice and leave up to chance. And so when I first started this process, I got very frustrated with the fact that I would do the quote unquote formula, but I wouldn't necessarily get the expected or intended results. And I would throw up my hands and be like, what the hell? Like, why, why isn't this happening the way I want it to? And just through more practice and more experience and more trial and more error, I learned that, oh, you can't control this thing. It's it's sort of its own beast, so to speak, right? You can control certain elements of it, but then certain things are just completely out of your control. And so now 
I would actually argue that that's what makes ultras so great because the way that I view it now is that it's the ultimate test of your ability to adapt and overcome. Now, with that said, I know that some of you will hear this and freak out, especially those of you guys that are maybe where I was a while ago and you're first coming into ultras and you might even catch yourself thinking, and this was a very common thought for me, why would I do all of that work if there's a chance that I won't finish or that I won't get the time that I want or that I won't hit the pace that I've been practicing? Like, any and all of those things. And we'll come back to that in a second. But there are some of you that hear this and sort of get this twinge of excitement. You might even catch yourself thinking, okay, now that sounds like my kind of challenge, right? And both are valid positions. And actually anywhere along that spectrum is also a valid position that you could take coming into ultras. But the difference is really in the thought process. And like I told you before, when I first started out, I was sort of in the first camp. Why would I do this if there's no guarantee? And if if you're type A, this is probably really resonating with you. But as I've gone through this, I'm shifting more towards the second category here, which is, okay, now that sounds like my kind of challenge. And that's not where I thought I would be. Again, being type A, I like to control things. So I never thought that I would get to this place of looking at a race. For example, like BFC, like Barkley Fall Classic, like you don't know the course, you don't know the elevation, you don't know how long it is. And so it takes a certain type of person to actively sign up for that and say, yes, sign me up for that. I have no idea what I'm getting myself into, but I'm just going to go and try. So that's one example of that. But the difference really between those two positions is the thought process. The person that thinks, why would I do that work if there's uh, a chance I won't finish? I now know that taking that position means that I'm missing out on an opportunity to challenge and test myself in order to see what I'm capable of and ultimately improve my overall quality of life. The fear is real in that position, people who think that way. And again, I'm not like, I'm not dissing anybody who's in that position because I used to be there. And so I, I'm sort of like, I want to turn around and and look at you and say, look, I get where you're at because I've been there before. But here, if you just come a little bit further, keep coming sort of along this path, I promise you there's all sorts of cool shit happening here. You just have to sort of get through this thought process, this uncomfortableness to get to the cool stuff. So if you think that way, why would I do that work if there's a chance I won't finish? Just know that there's a whole other element of this where all the cool shit happens, where you embrace the unknown and you start to gather up some wins. And that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to win a race, but like you might finish your first ultra, you might test yourself, challenge yourself to something different, a race that's outside of your comfort zone and start to build up evidence that you are capable. And there is cool stuff that you can do, even if you don't know what the outcome will be. Now, the person that thinks, okay, that sounds like my kind of challenge is already there in their mind. They embrace the challenge, know that regardless of the outcome, there will be good things that will happen along the way. Might not necessarily, like I said before, mean that they're going to finish or win or play or do whatever, but there will be good 
aspects, good elements, good lessons that they will win along the way. So why am I telling you this? I'm telling you this because I want you to know and have the full scope, the full picture as you get into running ultras and whether that's your first or your farthest, like if you're going for that next distance, just know that even if you have done one before, there's no guarantee that you're going to finish the next one. And that's okay. I think one of the coolest things is like going to a race and seeing it happen in real time, not being involved in it. So this is why I really enjoyed going to Ghost Train this weekend and not being involved in it. Although I was just like a tiny bit sad that I wasn't competing, but actually also really excited that I wasn't competing, but happy that I was able to go and support my friends and see other friends um, that I knew were there. Anthony, Rob, who else did I see? I shouted at a bunch of you guys. I'm not sure you heard me because it was sort of like at the eight to nine o'clock hour and (laughs) all sorts of stuff was happening, right? You're like 12 hours into this race by this point. So, you know, I get it. You didn't answer me. It's all good. No hard feelings. (laughs) But like going to these races and seeing the athletes go through this stuff in real time, sort of, again, what I call work the problem. Like what's the thing that needs to be taken care of right now? How does that fit into my bigger race plan? What's the thing that could potentially come up next? How am I going to keep putting one foot in front of the other? That is infinitely exciting to me. I think it sort of stems from my background, like in event planning and they're there being a desired outcome, but so many elements, so many factors, so many moving pieces that go into that desired outcome, you have to almost be prepared for literally anything under the sun to happen. And for some people, that's a very unnerving thought. And for some people, it's like, okay, yeah, that's just any other given Saturday, right? And if you can get to the latter that latter mindset frame of mind, the better off you will be. So the less you are tied to one specific outcome and one specific way of getting things done, the quote unquote better your race and your training experience is going to go. So I just want you guys to know that it's okay, whatever that race outcome it was, all right? I think most of you guys by now will probably have, if you're friends with these two people, you will know the outcomes of their races. So if you know these people and you don't know the outcome of their race, spoiler alert, I'm going to share it with you. So um, I mentioned Frank first. Frank was going for 100 miles. He ended up stopping at 60, at 60 miles in because he made some choices and some things happened along the way throughout his race. And it meant that he was going to have to stop and reevaluate things. I mean, I don't want to give away all the secrets, but he he ended up getting sick and ended up not being able to to go on. And, and he took some rest. He tried to work the problem and figure things out. But ultimately, he made the right decision, in my opinion, right? He made the decision to stop and sort of run another day. And he is now in the process of doing what I actually talked about on my Instagram the other day, which is this SWOT analysis, this strengths, weaknesses, 
opportunities and threats analysis and trying to figure out, okay, what decision did I make that led me to this result? And maybe it just wasn't one decision. Maybe it was a bunch of different decisions, but this is a valuable learning experience. And, you know, again, you guys, I don't think that you're truly an ultra runner unless you have a DNF on your record. Okay. So if we can sort of remove the stigma of getting a DNF and look at it as an opportunity to learn and grow and build your skill set, your relationship with that DNF will become that much more valuable and you will learn and be able to grow and accelerate your future results because of it. If you take the opposite approach and you sort of hide, you're resentful of it, you're fearful of doing it again, you don't want to talk about it or tell anyone, which I get, especially if it's your first one, your first race or whatever. If you've really been um, tied to the outcome of of completing this race and then you get a DNF, it, it can definitely feel like a disappointment. But don't lose the lesson that the DNF is trying to tell you because something happened along the way that led to that outcome. And if you just hide from it, then you're missing out on all of the good stuff. So don't lose the lesson. Now, spoiler alert, Sarah finished. She crushed it and made her goal of a hundred miles. And my plan is to do a whole podcast episode with both of them actually, and talk about how Two people who were doing the same race, who had the same goal, who had very similar training, how they achieved two completely different outcomes. Because again, no two people are the same, even if they have the same goal at the same race and they are there at the same time, right? So just keep this in mind, you guys. There are no guarantees when it comes to ultra running, but in my opinion, that's what makes this sport so great. And the more that you can embrace this idea and and keep it in the back of your mind and be open to it and just be open to the whole experience of training and racing and being an active participant in it, the better your experience is going to be and the better your results will be in the long run. Okay, well, I hope that gave you guys something to think about. And actually, the other day on my social media feeds, I talked a little bit about this idea of a SWOT analysis. If you've spent any time in sort of the business environment, this might be a term that you're familiar with, but if you're not, it's totally cool. SWOT essentially stands for strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And this is something that I've adopted into my own training, taking a look at how I did in my previous season, and then doing this analysis to help me going forward into my next season. And I've been talking a lot about the off season recently. I'm going to continue to talk about it because that's just sort of the time of year that I'm in. And maybe you are too, especially if you're in um, some place that gets four seasons and it doesn't have a full year of sunshine and warm or mild temperatures. So this is going to be a big component of my upcoming off-season program that I have aptly dubbed Off-Season RX. And I think by the time you guys hear this, it will be open for signups. But if you want some more information about it, go to my website, www.megan-gould.com 
forward slash off season rx and that's where you're going to get a bunch of information and the links to sign up there's going to be two different options for that program a level one where you get just the training plan and you can diy it on your own and a level two where you get not only the training plan but actually three live group coaching calls and this swot analysis my like proprietary process for how I go through and evaluate my previous year's worth of training to help me make a plan to address my strengths, my weaknesses, any opportunities that I missed out on the previous year and potential threats, things that might trip me up going into the next year. So Again, if this is of interest to you, uh, I'm definitely going to post about it on social media. I'll also blast it out on my email list if you're on there. So check your email. But you can also go to my website and get additional information. So it's Megan, M-E-G-H-A-N dash Gould, G-O-U-L-D dot com forward slash off season rx and that'll be one word all just smashed together all right you guys that's all for this episode enjoy this beat and i'll see you all soon